All right, today we're going to talk about roofing, some mistakes that I see, tips for better performance, and also some alternatives that homeowners may not even consider. Hello, I am Chris Novelli with N3 Architecture and welcome to the Home Design Academy podcast where we help people understand design and construction so that they can make better decisions on their projects and communicate more effectively with their architects and contractors. Okay, so roofing. I think we would all agree that the most obvious, the most general job that a roof has to do is to keep the water out and to shed the water away from your house. So let's talk different types of roofing that are available to homeowners. First off, asphalt shingles. Now asphalt shingles are the most common in residential construction in my area, which is the Northeast United States. They are probably the the least expensive out of all the options. They're relatively light. They're easy to install. Starting at the bottom, shingles are overlapped in layers and and working from the bottom to the top. They work in just about all different types of climates. Now, there's a large disparency in quality from the better shingles to the budget shingles. So if you want your roof to last a long time, don't go searching for the cheapest option. If, you're, if you know that you're going to put in asphalt shingles, you already are on the cheaper, uh, the least expensive side of the materials. So don't go to the cheaper end because it's not going to last. I mean, unless, of course, you don't care or if it's just like a shed structure. So asphalt shingles are also available in a wide range of colors and styles. And this makes them uh, very applicable to just about any different, any type of construction, any type of home style. Now, the warranty that's available, now warranty is the amount of years that the shingles are expected to last, are anywhere from 20 years all the way up to 50 years. If you're in a climate prone to hail, you might want to consider impact-resistant shingles, which may also qualify you for a discount on your homeowner's insurance. So I would do some research, weigh the pros and cons. What's the material upgrade cost? to go with the impact resistant shingles and what's the savings on my homeowner's insurance. Do a little bit of research before you make that decision. If you're using asphalt shingles, just know that you need to have a minimum pitch of 412 or four inches of height in every 12 inches of span. Anything less than that, anything shallower than that, And the water will not flow down or flow off the roof fast enough and it will actually work its way and weep its way back underneath the shingles. Now there's a few different types of asphalt shingles. The least expensive, which are your general three-tab shingles. Now these come in sheets of sort of three shingles per per sheet. They're the most basic type. They're one single layer. They lay the flattest and provide the least amount of shadow or visible interest. There's a slight color variation from shingle to shingle, so it will give a little bit of of depth there. Uh, The next is dimensional 
or architectural shingles, which are much more durable than three tab because instead of one single layer, they're arranged in either two or three layers. And so with the dimensional shingles or the architectural shingles, you have enhanced textures and you have enhanced patterns. Next, you have the luxury shingles, which might imitate the look of slate or cedar shingles. And those will be the most expensive of the asphalt shingle brands. Now, if you have shingles on your house already, one thing that you want to do is every year or every two years at the most, go outside with a pair of binoculars and look over your roof. What you want to look for is any crack shingles or any shingles where the granulars have been washed away and and you see the exposed black sort of tar underneath. Once you start seeing that happen, you know that the life of your shingles is is coming to an end and you should start preparing to either make repairs immediately or start preparing to replace the roof. The next type of roofing I want to go over is metal roofing. Now metal roofing can come in a variety of different styles from standing seam metal panels to shingles that resemble the slate tiles. Metal roofing is probably the best roofing material at shedding rain and snow. The snow and the ice just slides right off of it. Ice dams are not an issue with metal roofs, but one thing that you do need to know is that you need to put snow guards over on your roof over any doors or walkways to prevent snow and ice from falling onto people in big sheets. So the snow guards will break up the snow and will break up the ice into littler pieces. One of the downsides about metal roofing is that can be noisy during rainstorms and you have the possibility for denting in a hailstorm. And metal roofing is also, I'd say, substantially more than an asphalt shingle roof. Next is membrane roofing. Now, membrane roofing can consist of thin sheets of rubber roofing that are rolled out and fastened to the roof structure. These are for low sloping or flat roofs only. And there's many different types such as EPO or EPDM, each with their own pros and cons. I'm not going to go over that today here on, on this podcast because I'm talking to homeowners and most homeowners will never have to put a membrane roof on their house. Unless, of course, you have a modern house, but if you have a, a modern house that you're building, I would talk to your architect about all the different options of membrane roofing to make sure that you have the best possible performance. Slate roofing is also a really good roofing choice. Um, although most people won't have the budget to to afford the slate roofing, and most often you'll see it these days on historical houses. So some of the great things about slate is that it's fire resistant, it's waterproof, it resists mold and fungus, but it's also very heavy and it's brittle and easily broken if you happen to walk upon it. But if properly installed, slate roof can easily last more than 100 years. Okay, story time here. Several years ago, I was in a building that was struck by a tornado. And we didn't see the tornado coming. And we were, it was actually my office, and we were working away. Not my office for N3 Architecture, but the office that I was working in at the time. And we are not in an, in an area that's prone to tornadoes. So we, we you know, weren't prepared for it. We never expected a tornado would hit you know, our city. And 
just one day, it, out of nowhere, this tornado just was coming right at our office building. Now, we stood there watching it for a few seconds before running down into the basement to take shelter. And as we were running downstairs, all of these slate roofing tiles from the building that was down the street started whizzing by. Bam, bam, bam. They started crashing through the glass. They started going through stud walls. They were going through car doors. It was a very, very dangerous situation. Luckily, no one was struck by one of those slate roofing tiles that was flying. But if they did, they might have, you know, been severely injured or worse. Next, we have rubber slates, which rubber slates are uh, roofing tiles made out of rubber that are designed to look exactly like slate roof. So it's a lighter, less expensive, can be cut with a knife. But the bad thing is it's a fake material. And even at its best, it still looks fake. Product information lists that thing will last anywhere up to 100 years, but I don't know if this has been confirmed. A good use for this product is if you're working on a historical re- rehabilitation project and you have a slate roof that has some damage to it and you need to repair the roof and you want to use the original slates on the primary elevation so or what could, or the elevation or two elevations that can be seen from the street so you take the slates off the back and reuse them on the front and then in the back area the spots that's not visible from the street is where you use the rubber slate roofing tiles cuz it's it's a little bit less ex- expensive of a product and it's a little easier to install and it's not on the primary elevation Tiled roofs come in in a few different types. The most prevalent are the clay tiles or the concrete tiles. Now, tiled roof can withstand hurricane and tornado winds up to 125 miles per hour. They're really good at that. They're more common in the southern and warmer climates. It's a much heavier product, though, so it may require some additional structure and some additional bracing. So clay tiles, though, if they're not broken, easily can last up to 100 years. And But the clay tiles are expensive. Now, the concrete tiles, you know, they don't look quite as nice, but they're about the third of the cost. Something similar to the, the clay tile roof is a stone-coated steel. Now, the stone-coated steel is the look of a rustic clay tile roof at a fraction of the cost. It's Since it's made out of steel, it's resistant to rain, to freeze and thaw, to moisture and mildew, snow and wind. And the good thing about it is it's very, very light. So you can get the look of the clay tile without the structural concerns. Wood roofs can be of cedar shingles or shakes. Um, I think they also make redwood as well. But most often if you're dealing with a wood roof, it's going to be a cedar. Now, a wood roof can be very, very attractive, but you got to know that it's also very expensive and could require some maintenance. The lifespan as well isn't as long as other alternatives. In a drier climate, you could potentially get 40 years out of it, but if you're in a damp conditions, you might be looking more along the lines of 20 years. So you just need to weigh the pros and cons of the cost versus the lifespan and the look that you're going for. Now, as I mentioned, the typical wood roof is going to be a cedar or possibly a redwood, but there are also some options that are available in pine and in cypress. Now, those 
lesser grade materials will cost you a little bit less, but you also got to understand that you're going to get less of a lifespan out of them. And finally, uh, let's talk about built-up roofing. Now, built-up roofing is a type of flat roof that you might find in some older office buildings, and it consists of several layers of roofing felt covered in asphalt or tar and usually topped with a stone or an aggregate material. Like I said, it's only used for flat roof systems, but it's one of the oldest uh, roofing systems. And even though it's not used very much today, it can be very durable. But there also is because you have so many seams, and those seams are, are covered with this stone that if you get water underneath the stone and you get improper drainage, then you do have the potential for over time water working its way through those seams and and down into your building. talk about some problems and some mistakes that I see in roofing installations. So if you live in a cold climate, I almost always recommend a fully vented roof system where you have the soffit vents around the eaves and then you have a, a, a ridge vent at the top. Now if you if you live in a Cape Cod style house or if you Um, want to finish the attic space into a usable space there are best practices in terms of how to properly insulate your roof rafters and add rigid insulation on the top but you have to be very careful not to create a situation where you're going to have ice dams another problem that you might see is with lifted shingles this is oftentimes due to high winds but can also be an issue if the shingles are not properly nailed or if the not the correct number of nails are not used, so that needs to be coordinated with the manufacturer. Now you get the um, as with any trade, you have the the contractors who care and do a good job, and then you have the contractors who rush and just want to make a buck and get on to the next project. The guys that rush and just want to make a quick buck, they might pro- not properly nail the shingles. They might nail it the way that they think that they always do. And instead of coordinating with the manufacturer's recommendation on the nailing patterns. I would think out of all the roofing problems, poor flashing has got to be up there as the biggest problem and the, the cause of most leaks. So poor flashing could be, you know, the step flashing at the edges of the roof where it meets a wall or around a chimney. Anytime you see a roof cement globbed and slapped all over the place, chances are it's a bad flashing job and that cement will actually eventually crack and leak. You always have to pay close attention to the flashing around a plumbing drain because sometimes there's uh, not a lot of care put into that. You could end up with leaks around your plumbing drain. And then finally, the flashing at the drip edge. Now, when water falls over an edge, it tends to stick to the bottom of that edge and wick itself backwards and underneath. Now, flashing with a drip edge has a special angle to it, a special profile that will allow the water to flow down and then drop straight down rather than wick back. Sometimes you'll see incorrect or quick repairs to a a roof 
And sometimes these small repairs could actually lead to a lot more problems because there's not a lot of care taken or not a lot of prep work involved and things are done incorrectly. Incorrect pitch on a roof for the type of roofing material is one I see all the time, especially on covered porches and patios where people will install asphalt roof shingles on a 212 pitch and then end up with water leaking inside. And that just doesn't work because without that proper pitch, that type of shingle material won't shed the water quickly enough and it will actually wick back underneath. Some other problems I see is the improper materials used on in valleys or hips or ridges. Now, sometimes you might get a contractor who will take a three-tab shingle and cut it apart and use that as the ridge or use that as the as the hip ridge, and that's not the proper application for that. Same thing goes with not using a starter strip for your first course of shingles. The shingles to be installed properly to have the proper ability to shed water you need to have the starter strip as i mentioned before it's a problem not having the snow and ice guards on metal roofing near entries and walkways sometimes even with standing seam metal roofing you get the situation where the contractors are going a little too fast and they don't fully press together the seams on that standing seam roof and those seams can actually start pulling apart and then of course one of the biggest sources of all roof leaks one of the biggest sources of all problems are skylights skylights are almost always a problem especially if retrofitted into an existing roof rather than built into a new construction but once again it comes down to the proper flashing methods and having a contractor that's skilled and careful and does things the right way some other tips that i want to leave you with I always use two rows of ice and water shield at the bottom of the roof, and that will give me six feet of protection. Now, the the ice and water shield comes in in three-foot-wide rolls, so you're doing two rows of it, and so that six feet gets me the extra protection that if there is an ice dam, the ice and water shield goes up far enough that the ice dam will never make its way to a, a leak inside the house. I always recommend fully vented roofs in cold climates. These are the best ways to avoid ice dams. Of course, unless you have a Cape Cod style house or a house where your attic is a a livable space. I always recommend roofs with large overhangs. Not only do they provide shadow and visual interest to your elevation, but it allows the water that's running down the roof to spill off the roof far away from the structure. Here are some alternative options that you may not even be considering. One is solar tiles. Now, I think everyone knows what solar panels look like, the photovoltaic panels that are mounted on a metal track system on top of your roof shingles. Now, the solar tiles, though, are actually roofing tile shingles that are also photovoltaic panels. Now, the advancements in solar technology are very rapid and each year that the products get more and more advanced and so products available now are so small that photovoltaic panels can be designed to look like roof shingles and are installed just like overlapping roof shingles 
a green roof. A green roof can, is a roof that's covered with plants. Now this can improve your, your air quality. It could put oxygen back into the air. It can absorb carbon. It could reduce stormwater runoff. It can provide a better insulation for your home or building. It reduces the urban heat island effect if you're in an urban environment. Some things you need to consider, though, are additional weight and waterproofing concerns and how you're going to deal with drainage and if the plants that you're putting up on your green roof, if they have any sort of watering needs. But if you're building, uh, if you're constructing a building with a flat roof, especially in an urban environment, I was, I would highly recommend you check into green roof options. And then finally, something that's becoming more and more common, just like with continuous rigid insulation on the outside of face of your wall, continuous rigid insulation on the outside of your roof structure is is becoming more and more popular. The, in this situation, the rigid insulation is put down in layers on top of your roof sheathing, then a second layer of plywood is put on top of that and screwed down through the insulation to your to your structure and then from there the roof shingles can be placed or the metal roofing or whatever type of roofing product you're using can be placed over the plywood sheathing just like normal. So you need to pay attention though to the even overhang details because you're going to have a roof structure that's going to be extra thick and so you're going to need some special details and some special trim work to make it look like it belongs. If you have a vented roof system though, I would not recommend the rigid insulation because at that point it's not really doing anything because your insulation barrier is actually down below the vented area. So that wraps up another episode of the Home Design Academy podcast. I hope you learned something and enjoyed yourself along the way. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review on your podcast player of choice. You can visit n3architecture.com for more information. And as always, please submit your questions to homedesignacademy at n3architecture.com. I would love to use your questions. I would love to take what you're struggling with and answer it for you here on the podcast. So I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening and goodbye.